welcome to the Fiercely Unstoppable Podcast. I'm your host, Brooke Allison, Mind Shift Coach and Achievement Strategist. I am here to help you completely up-level your confidence, find massive clarity, and dive deep into your purpose so that you can create a business and a mindset that is fiercely unstoppable. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought that will help you up-level your energy, bust through those fears, find clarity, and overcome all of the obstacles so that you can step into your most powerful and confident self. We do not let our circumstances hold us back. We become fiercely unstoppable in the pursuit of what sets our soul on fire. Get ready to up-level your confidence every single day and attract the life that you are absolutely obsessed with. Are you ready? Let's have some fun. Hello, hello, and welcome back, you fiercely unstoppable listeners. Mm, Doesn't that feel good? Fiercely unstoppable. Just say it out loud, fiercely unstoppable. It feels so good. Yes, yes, yes. Well, welcome back to an amazing interview again. I have such a fun guest on today. You are going to love her. Her name is Julie Tice. I'm going to introduce her and all about her and we'll dive into the episode. So Julie is a psychology expert, trauma specialist, and a life transformation coach holding a Bachelor of Science in Psychology. She has specialized in psychology and human behavior for six years. She is also a beauty queen that has won crowns, titles, awards, which includes Miss Montana 2017. So fun, right? (laughs) She currently works to heal women that want to break past pain in their lives to finally become who they were meant to be. Whether it's a painful breakup, childhood abuse, divorce, sexual assault, etc. She works with those in pain and transforms them to feel happy, confident, and at peace. She has overcome several traumas, which includes abuse and even homelessness. Julie set up a charity foundation for children called Dance for a Purpose, where she uses dance to help kids to increase their confidence and empowerment through dancing. Julie lives in Montana, which is in the U.S., if you do not know, (laughs) and she has a following of over 6,000 people on Instagram so far and growing, which is so fun. You guys are just going to love, love, love her. I cannot wait for us to just dive in, so let's go ahead and get started. All right, guys. Well, I am so excited today. We have a super, super special guest. Her name is Julie Tice, and... I can't wait for you to get to know her. (laughs) Julie, will you just come say hey? Will you tell us a little bit about who you are, your journey, anything you want to share with our listeners? That would be awesome. Right. Thank you so much for having me, first of all. So yeah, I'm Julie. Um, Right now, I work as a trauma recovery specialist, a psychology expert, and business strategist. So mostly what I do is I work with women who have gone through past pain points, you know, whether that be a childhood where, you know, they had problems with their parents um, or a toxic relationship, you know, stuff that really maybe beat down their confidence or put these fears, but that they still have these big goals and they just aren't really sure on how to reach them or what their next step is. So I work with them on their mindset, overcoming their past, and then really putting this into a place of power where they can reach their big goals. Yeah. So, okay. Bring us back. 
how <laughs> did any of this ever come to be and how did you get to where you are now? Right. So I really resonate with my clients, not only from my educational background is, you know, how I where on the surface level, you would think how I got there. I have worked in the psychology field for the past six years, um, but my own personal background. So I grew up and we were homeless many times throughout my lifetime. I grew up in extreme poverty and, you know, I'm a survivor of childhood abuse. So I knew, you know, trying to get out of this that, you know, I had to build my education. I had to build that strategy and it was hard. And it really through this, I wish that I had someone who was like, this is what you need to do to get out of that. For myself, I just really held on to this blind belief that I could, and I kept taking it step after step. So after, you know, being able to do it for myself at a point where, you know, I own two, own two businesses at the age of 24 and, you know, have been able to travel and really live a life that I wanted to, um, to be able to give that back to other women, because I know I'm not the only one who struggles with the same stuff that I went through, but still wants more for themselves. Yeah. So is your background, is that the reason why you wanted to study psychology so much? Right. Yeah. So when I first started, I feel like I really studied psychology very selfishly for myself because I would look, (laughs) I looked at people and I was like, you know, what makes someone who goes through this stuff either become someone like Oprah or becomes, you know, people who live next to me in the trailer parks, you know, who struggled with addiction and depression and trauma. Such a good question. Right. And I became super fascinated with just considering that. And so I really thought I'm like, you know, the trick to this is learning this and then applying it into my own life. So I learned stuff and was a very good student. You know, I graduated with highest honors and put myself through school without even being able to afford a textbook at the time. Um, and then now I'm pursuing my master master's in clinical counseling. So at first it was very, so I could learn the secrets on how to master my own psychology. And then as I learned yeah. more and more, I was like, everyone needs to know this and they shouldn't have to spend $50,000 on an education to know this. So that's why I work with private mm-hmm. clients to be able to give them it, that information in very condensed form without yeah. them reading hundreds of journal articles and the latest research on how to overcome, you know, your past and master your psychology. And sometimes you're so right because it's like reading only, yes, it's beneficial, but it's Mm -hmm. only going to get you so far. And sometimes when it comes to that deeper psychology and psychological work, it's way easier to have someone tell you exercises to work on and to do and like give you a plan and, and kind of just, um, kind of hold your hand along the way. Yeah. So I know you kind of talked about, um, abuse and that's something that, you know, I've dealt with in many ways that in, unfortunately in America right now, it is like one in four women and that's mm-hmm. just women. That's not to mention like right. all of the men or the boys or anything in that situation. Mm-hmm. So for someone who's in a really, really tough situation, maybe it's like some kind of mental or verbal abuse or physical abuse, either way, it doesn't matter. What would your top tips be to help them get out of that situation? Right. So I work with people, you know, and they are on different spectrums. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's that it happened a long time ago, but even their mindset is still in that, um, where, you know, I work less now when I first started, I did work in the crisis field, um, of working with people who were very much in it right then and there. So, you know, and what I would 
it, that isn't so much about telling them anything. It's really about offering that support and that space mm-hmm. of like letting them be themselves, believing them um, with what they're talking about and just giving them support for what they need. Um, now I work more with women who have, have been out of that situation for mm-hmm. years, but their mindset and their beliefs are still conditioned. Like they're still in that. So with yes. them, I can, I can coach them and give them a lot different strategy than I would with someone who's in it because someone who's in it, I really feel like they just need that support and they need to be believed and they need to be heard. I'm um, someone who's out of it. They really need that their past to be reconditioned in their head. Mm-hmm. And so that's really what I work with them on is so my top tips, I guess, would just be rewiring what your beliefs are from that past abuse that have said that you're not good enough or that, you know, you can't make decisions for yourself, whatever it is that's holding them back. That's what I work with them on. Awesome. So I know that's your tip, but can you explain it a little bit further? And I know I talk about this all the time too, Mm -hmm. and creating new belief systems, but will you tell us how you take someone to go from that limiting belief to a new belief system? Right. Well, first of all, it's all about knowing what your beliefs are. So someone might be holding themselves back in business and you know, it might, it might look like on the outside where they start something and then they say, Oh, you know, I'm just too busy. I don't have the time. I I changed my mind. I'm not passionate about that. Or, Mm. you know, my job isn't so bad. It will look like that on the outside, but what's really going on on the inside and what I first needs to be uncovered is thoughts of, Oh, maybe I'm not good enough for this. Maybe, you know, I'm not smart enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not worthy enough to have this success. Or, you know, what if I get success and I lose it? All of these past beliefs. So first of all, it's realizing what beliefs are there. Mm-hmm. And then really having them, one tactic that I use is have them find evidence that says that those ideas are just bogus, that right. they are you know, and I always go back to, I'm like, whose voice is saying this? And so often they'll be like, oh my gosh, that's, that's my mom's voice. That's my dad's voice. And so when I talk to them or that's my ex-boyfriend's voice. And when I talk to them, I say, if it's someone else's voice, then why are you giving it so much power? So then they can be able to find their own voice. And what their own voice says is that they are worthy enough that they do deserve this level of success. And then hold on to that and let go of the other voices that just aren't serving them. Mm. So true. And you know, what's so funny about the brain is that our brain is always trying to provide evidence to prove mm-hmm. our thoughts right. Right. And exactly. so that's such a powerful technique and tool to look back and be like, well, is the evidence actually true? Mm-hmm. Like, did it even come from you in the first place? Like so right. often we have all of these thoughts that are not even an original thought to begin mm-hmm. with. Exactly. They were a thought that someone else said, that someone else said. And then honestly, the whole I'm not enough thing, if we got almost everybody in a room and we said, if you have ever felt like you were not enough, mm-hmm. raise your hand. Right. <laughs> we would all raise our hand. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. So, okay. On that feeling enough journey, how would you suggest someone taking that step and finally fully believing that they are enough and they can receive their dream life? Mm-hmm. Well, what I like to tell people too, is because sometimes I have clients and they wait for this big aha moment or the angels to drop down and like <laughs> put on a crown of worthiness yeah. for them finally. And what I have them try to remember is that that's not going to happen, that there's yeah. no like big moment where you are finally going to be worthy. And that in this moment, you already are worthy. And I remember overcoming this belief. And it was like, when I finally first started making money in my business, like, yeah. you know, enough to sustain me, I 
thought everything would change. And it, you know, that the angels would rain down from the sky and say that I was finally, <laughs> finally ready. You were finally nothing, good enough. <laughs> right. And nothing happened. I wasn't yeah. a different person from what I was yesterday. And then that's when it hit me that I always was worthy of, you know, making money of having the success and that nothing had to change within me. So it's already in you. You don't have to become a different person. You just have to become more of who you already are and a step into that. I know that you do believe it for that. You deserve it for who you are today. Yeah. And it's so interesting that you brought up that, um, specifically about money and like, mm-hmm. Oh, when I, cause so many people come to me and where they are in, in their business when coming to me or they're either in the very beginning or they're not making the money that they want to, they want right. to be making. And, um, so often people will talk about, well, when I start making money in my business, I'll finally feel validated. Right. I'll finally feel like I'm enough. I'm good enough. Like I, like I'll finally know that I can actually do this. Right. So what advice or tips do you have on someone who's sitting here saying, yeah, that's me, Brooke, you're calling Mm -hmm. me out. Like who is attaching money with their worth level. Right. Well, and it's, it's with anything. It will never be if X, then Y, right. It Mm -hmm. like, if I can lose the weight, then I'll be happy or Mm -hmm. then I'll be confident. If I can make the money, then I'll feel worthy enough. It's, it should never be like that because no matter even if you do, the problem is so much deeper. You feeling unworthy or not feeling confident or not feeling beautiful, that's related to something so much deeper and no you know, external reward is going to make you finally believe it. And another thing I would say is that this is your life right now. Like why this is you know, not a trial run. Why are you right. waiting it to be happy? Yeah. Like you have to have something before you're gonna be happy or feel worthy. Like why not start to feel it in this moment? Like this is how it is right now. This is your life right now. So what's the point of saying like, you can't, that you don't deserve something like keeping yourself from that because you say you're not ready enough. Yeah. And I think that we always forget that there's no perfect moment for anything that the fear is always going to be there. Mm -hmm. Like shit is always going to pop up in your face when you least expect it. Like, <laughs> and so for someone who is maybe contemplating a decision right now and is like on the fence, mm-hmm. what would you say to them to help them make that decision? Right. Well, it's like kind of like you were saying is that it's never going to be the right time. Mm-hmm. And if you sit and wait for the right time, you're going to wait forever. It's never going to, you're never going to have the perfect amount of time in the circumstance. They're never going to be right. So you just really need to keep taking slow steps forward. I call it with my clients is the 1% rule. You know, some days we can't do a hundred percent. Some days we can't do 50%, but if we can improve ourselves 1% every day, then we know we're still moving forward. Um, so you don't need to be fully ready. You don't need to be 100% there. You just need to take that 1% every day. Uh, and I think that so much weight was just lifted off of so many shoulders. <laughs> because we put so much pressure on ourselves of, well, I got to get to where I'm going right now. And I'm not there yet. Okay. I got to keep hustling. I got to keep hustling. I got to get there. But shifting that to 1%, -hmm. 1% is so doable. Right. And that's something that everyone can do. Right. Do you have something that you suggest people do on a daily basis? Or do you have a favorite, um, I, I, like, I know we call it morning routine, but mm-hmm. I'm like, sometimes I like to take a nap on the couch and sometimes I like to do it in the afternoon. So it doesn't have to be a morning routine, right. but do you yeah. have something that you like to do or help your clients do every single day to take that 1% shift? 
Mm -hmm. Well, how I like to look at it is, is this what I'm doing benefiting me? So Mm. I try and I try to fit that in as much as possible. So I really am intentional about doing it with my education level. Like if I'm getting ready and doing my makeup in the morning and curling my hair, can I put on an audio book and get 1% smarter, learn a 1% more strategy on how to build my business? Mm-hmm. Um, if I am going to spend time on the you know, computer, can I be researching something that is going to further my income? Even when I'm meeting up with friends, I have to be very intentional. Is this friend group going to benefit me in some way where I feel better, where it is self-care? Or you know, do you have some friends who are just completely draining you and aren't going to help you become better, mm-hmm. make you feel good? Um, so it's like anytime you go out or like, yeah, let's say even going out, having some drinks. When I do that, I like to be intentional about it and like going out to network, not with the purpose of just doing it to do it. So there's so many mm-hmm. little things. Good that we have in our lives that it's like, we're already doing it or we already have the space to do it. So just start to shift it to being like, can this benefit into helping me grow into a better person? Yeah. Or remembering your goals and asking yourself, is this going to help me reach my goal? Sometimes I ask myself that question. Like, I'm like, do I really need to hang out with this person that I don't even enjoy hanging out with? Is it going to help me reach my goal? No. Right. Okay. Well then I can say no and I can feel mm-hmm. confident about saying no and that's yeah. okay. <laughs> that's a great, like, you know, just checking in with yourself going back. Like, is this getting me close to my goal or further away from my goal? Right. And so that's always a good place to check in and just be like, what is it I actually want? Where am I actually going? Because everything we're going through is just minuscule to where we're actually going. Right. It's just a small step. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay. I feel like there's so many more things I want to know about you. Can you talk to us about like the whole beauty industry and all the cool things you've done? And now that you have this, this, this foundation and tell us about all of those things. Cause you, you told us a little bit about your business, but what is all this other stuff you've got going on? Right. So when I, you know, I was in the pageant industry, so I competed, um, just kind of on a whim, but more so it was some, because it was always something that I wanted to do when I was younger and, you know, we really couldn't afford it at the time. So, mm. you know, any of that stuff that I have when I was younger that I was like, I can't do that. I really make it a point to myself that I'm like, I'm going to do it right now. Like I'm going to make it happen for myself. So, so good. yeah, it was definitely me fulfilling a piece of me that I always wanted to. And that's what I like tell my clients, like if there's something you always wanted to do, do it. Know that you don't need to be saved anymore. Like from what happened in your childhood that you get to create your future that you want. Cause that's what I also find is people hold themselves back in there. Like, because they were told that they couldn't do it once before that they start not to do it now. So doing pageants was something that, you know, I wanted to check off. I used it to empower other people. Um, that was always what my platform was on was self-empowerment, empowering youth. Yeah. And so then I won the title of Miss Montana International 2017. That is so cool. And then in that, that's when I started my nonprofit Dancing for a Purpose because my platform was on youth empowerment, which I am passionate about given where I grew up. Um, And so then I created a nonprofit designed to increase self-esteem and confidence in young girls through dance because Um, Mm. when I was younger, I was sponsored by my dance studio. And so I was able to do that. So it was something, a way that I wanted to give back to other people to have the same thing. Yeah. I actually grew up dancing. I have my minor in dance. So I thought that was super fun. And, and I love that it's about that empowerment 
mm-hmm. because I feel like in that world, in the dance world, especially depending on your body right. type and right. depending on the people in the classroom, mm-hmm. it's not always the most self-improvement place. Right. Yeah. Dan- yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah dancers, gymnastics have really high yeah. instances of eating disorders and that comparison piece. Mm-hmm. And so, and I've had both experiences where I was very like nourished in dance where it was my self care. And I also did experience where, you know, coaches did push our body image and, you know, I saw mm-hmm. girls like crumble around me and it was something that I struggled with as well. So I'm like, it's, I see something that can be both so good and so bad. So how can you make it into something that is so empowering and all the good things that I, you know, you originally love about dance. Yeah. That is so cool. Like this is the epitome of not letting your circumstances dictate who you are and actually giving back to causes that Mm -hmm. really light your soul. And so like, I just want to applaud you and like love on you a little bit. I think that is incredible and amazing. And it gives so many people that little glimmer of hope of just knowing of, you know what, like if someone else went through some really rough stuff and they got Mm -hmm. through it and they are now an overcomer and they are victorious, then I can do that too. If they found the strength, then I can find the strength too. So I have a couple questions Mm -hmm. along those lines. So when someone is trying to figure out and dig up what is holding them back, Mm -hmm. how can you help them dig that up? So I usually, it's, I can tell within like the first call with people and it's something that I'm, you know, lucky enough that I'm really skilled in doing. I worked as a behavioral specialist and I worked as a, you know, trauma advocate and I have that background in psychology. I'm getting my master's in counseling. So it's something that I've been trained on to be able to pick up, but I can hear it in just how people will talk to me in the first call. And it'll be in those very small, uh, language pieces that they use that they don't even realize that they're using, you know, it'll be as something as, as they'll be talking and then they'll be like, well, you know, I just, I don't feel good enough or like, I'm, I'm scared to start this and it'll be in that. And then, you know, we'll keep talking and I'll bring up something in the beginning. I'll be like, you know, you have said multiple times, you keep re- like going back to this piece that, you know, you're not worthy enough or that, you know, you're scared to do that. Like, what is that? Like, tell me about that. And then more and more eventually starts coming up. So for me, it's just, you know, being able to be skilled in that, but it comes through our language that we use every day. And that is something that I also work with my clients on is like, what is the vocabulary that's running your life? Because even if if you're so used to saying this stuff, I can tell what your inner working that's running your life. And so that is exactly the results that you'll start producing, you know, and like it even comes back to money. I listened to how many, I was talking to a client the other day and she didn't realize it, but she used the excuse, we can't afford it to her son Mm -hmm. to just kind of keep him quiet, like at the store and stuff, even though she could afford it. But then she realized how much that was impacting all of her other money beliefs on the bigger stuff that she really couldn't afford. So like we started talking about like, what can you say? Can you say like, I'm saving for my business or can you just say no? Yeah. Yeah. Well, because, and I'm so glad that, you know, people realize that because the, your words are very powerful, number one, but number two, especially when it comes to kids, we're impacting the next generation. Right. And if we right. think about all of the, the, the stuff that our parents said to us and then we're like, uh, no wonder yeah. I have this belief. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then carrying it on, you know. Yeah. Okay. So what is a journaling exercise for someone to maybe start recognizing the words that they are using or, um, just kind of maybe discover what is holding them back? 
Right. So um, going back, so I do a lot of work with money. And the other day I just had a, okay, my clients do, I had them say money is, mm. and then what's the first thing that comes up around money? Yes. Wealth is your first thought. And then rich people are first thought. So I had mm-hmm. someone else that I was working with, you know, she had these desires to be rich, um, to make more money in her business. But then it, the stuff that came up with rich people are greedy money is hard to make. And then it was like, wealth is hard. So I like, you know, we had to really work through that stuff. Cause it's like, if that is your first belief is that rich people are greedy, why would you ever become rich or wealthy? If you know, wealth is scary and hard, your subconscious is always going to self-sabotage that because yeah. why would you want to become greedy? So like, <laughs> yeah, so those, that first impression, those first impression words can be really helpful. If you're someone who's going through depression or wondering where you lie in yourself, um, things mm-hmm. to say, it could be like, I am. What's the first thing? Like I see myself as what's the first thing. If it's positive, then, then great. You're on the right track. If it's negative, then there's some inner work. Mm, That's so good. I'm going to put that. I see myself as, okay. I'm going to put that in the show notes for people to be able to copy that and paste that in their journal so they can see that later. Because I think that that is really powerful because I think that often we do, at least in the entrepreneur space, we do a lot of work around money. Right. And that that's very common, but mm-hmm. I think sometimes we forget to, to do that same exercise around ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I am like, how do I actually feel about me? Mm-hmm. And if we don't love ourselves, it's hard to love every area of our life. Right. So, exactly. Uh, and the so inner good. work has to come first. That's where I like, I really distinguish myself from, you know, just doing business strategy or just doing, you know, things that are more traditional in counseling as I have you know, found a way to really encompass both because I really do believe that, you know, one, I've seen business owners that are really unhappy, even if they mm-hmm. are successful. Yeah. Two, I've seen people who, no matter how much strategy they use, they can't move forward because they have those beliefs about themselves that they don't deserve it, that they're not worthy, or, you know, those past voices that are still controlling their lives, or they just have so much pain that they literally don't have the energy or the motivation to move forward. Mm. So to work on that piece and then also give them business is something I'm just passionate about. So to be able to mm-hmm. give that strategy and uh, those tools to be able to get them past that, but to first work on, you know, that mm-hmm. inner stuff. So let's say they do this journal prompt and mm-hmm. we kind of figure out and uncover, okay, this is, these are the beliefs that are holding me back. Mm-hmm. And I know you kind of mentioned earlier, finding the evidence that that isn't real, right? right? That's the first step. What is the next step after there? So they, they wrote down their beliefs. Mm -hmm. They found the evidence of if it is true or not. Mm -hmm. And what is the next step after there? Like after that, do you suggest that they take to really develop a new belief system? Right. Well, first of all, you are going to have to probably go back to that evidence over and over again. Um, and to start, to start really holding on to that belief because those past condition beliefs are going to be much stronger than the new beliefs that you're creating. So, you know, I always say neurons that wire together or that fire together, wire together. So you already have these associations, these connections that have been working for you for a long time. So don't Mm -hmm. expect that just because you write it down, you find the evidence that it's going to be changed overnight. You're really going to have to redo this. And another, so another tactic that I give is a replacement thought. So this, I got doing this from being a behavioral specialist is we always gave a replacement behavior. You know, if it was someone who, you know, had this bad behavior in the classroom or 
what have you, to be able to give them a replacement behavior. So they're angry, their first thing is, is that they throw something. So can we give them a replacement behavior where it's that they squeeze, you know, a stress ball or that they get to go out into a room or that they get to like scribble on a piece of paper, whatever it is, you have to give that replacement behavior so you have something because your brain's gonna look for something. So mm -hmm. it's the same with our thoughts. If you are going to say like, okay, you're not allowed to say that you hate yourself anymore, you might not know like you're gonna be like well now what so you have to have those replacement thoughts too so instead of saying like um you know you could replace it with something with like I love myself but it can also be things like I am worthy and I'm worthy because mm -hmm. x y and z because of the evidence that you found so to know that when those thoughts come up not to be hard on yourself because it's going to take a while to rewire it but to also you know have that replacement thought for yourself Mm-hmm. I, ugh, affirmations are my jam. <laughs> Not even joking. Yeah. Um, and for someone, even if you can't believe the affirmation right away, mm -hmm. you can always switch the I am to I am becoming. Right. And I am working on and mm -hmm. I am transitioning to. And that is a great way to get your belief behind it as well, which I right. think is always really important to mention because I, I, when I first started mm -hmm. my development with a lot of the stuff that I went through, especially after my abusive relationship, mm -hmm. I didn't believe that I was bold, beautiful, and confident. Right. So it was hard for me to say that. But if I said I was becoming bold, beautiful, and confident, you best right. believe I could get behind that. Like I was right. like, of course I am, you know? <laughs> well, something else I have people do too, is I was like, imagine you're in a room and you have like, you're in a room with like preschoolers or, you know, they're kindergartners, they're mm -hmm. six year olds and you're surrounded by like 20, like little girls and kids. Cause I work a lot with women and 20 little girls and like, imagine being out of that room and just picking out one of them and saying that like, you are less worthy. Yeah. Like you wouldn't like, ever, ever say that, you know, you're not good enough. Yeah. You yeah. know that they are all worthy no matter what yeah. their background, no matter what they look like, no matter what is going to happen to them in their life. You would I would never be like, you have to pick one of them that isn't worthy of success. You wouldn't be able to do mm -hmm. it. You'd be off. like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm like, picture yourself like in that room as yeah. that like little toddler and just, and have yourself say, like you are worthy too. And you always were, and you always will be at every stage in your life. Cause like we are so much harder on ourselves and other people. Sometimes it really helps to be able to picture that. Like you wouldn't ever say it to someone else. So why are you saying it to yourself? Cause you know, mm -hmm. it's not true for anyone else. So like, you're not special in that regard that just you for some reason isn't worthy of success. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love all of this. So what was, I don't know how long you've been in this business, but right. what, what was the main reason why you started and how did you, how did the whole process of you actually getting into it? Cause I know you went through all this mm -hmm. stuff in your childhood, but can you explain more of the process of just kind of stepping into business and maybe what you went through to make this happen? Right. Yeah. So it definitely you just have to start. If you're someone who's like, I don't know what to do. Um, I went through that. I was like, you know, I just had this dream. I'm like, I want to own a business. I want to, you know, for so many reasons, you know, I want to be my own boss. I know the impact I want to make. I don't see jobs that necessarily fulfill all of my needs. So I'm like, I'm just going to do it. And so I pivoted <laughs> a lot. Like, when I first started, you know, it was just like a tiny idea and I just had this journal and I'm like, I want to do this and, and I'm going to get my degree and, and I'm going to apply it this way. And so it was never actually anything. Um, starting was definitely the scariest part. And then I thought, well, once I start, then 
you know, clients are just going to come to me and then that'll, that'll be it. That'll be the hardest thing. But it, it wasn't like you have, to start <laughs> and then you have to like market and you have to know your audience and who you want to speak to. But I definitely like, I always come back to my why on why I'm doing this. Um, you know, part of it is, and I think, you know, whenever you're creating something, it should be 50, 50, 50% to help yourself, 50% to help someone else. So then you're always filling up your own cup and also always going back to that premise of you are giving back to other people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I have a strong why, you know, I want to be able, just like we were talking about before is to show people that you can come from nothing and still make it happen. They, you, you know, you don't have to have any evidence for your success and it can still be possible for you. You deserve to live the life of your dreams. So, and I have felt that side of when I wasn't living the life of my dreams. I've, you know, seen the pain that my parents went through from never being able to realize any of their dreams. And so my why is so strong to carry me forward to like go through, obviously there, and with business, there's a lot of like other little stuff, you know, you have to start your LLC, you have to learn how to do marketing, you have to learn how to sell. But, and all that stuff is not why you started probably, um, Mm -hmm. unless you're starting a marketing business, but if you can go back to your why, it gets you through all that little stuff that you didn't really see coming and it'll help move you forward. Okay. So I have a question for you because, um, I see so many people come to me and they have these ideas with their businesses and then they have the belief of, well, I'm not helping someone make money. I'm not helping someone start a business. I'm not helping someone do this. So how can I be successful? Mm -hmm. And you don't necessarily only work with entrepreneurs. You work with a lot of different people, right? Right. So how can we derail that belief for them? And Mm -hmm. maybe if you can even tell, like share some marketing tips of how to market Mm -hmm. to people who are not just entrepreneurs in the online space, because those are probably their clients. Right. So what I want for anyone struggling with this, I struggled with this too. I'm being like, well, there's nothing like tangible that I can really say. Like, I can't be like, you know, when I first started and was just working on the trauma consulting, I'm like, I'm not going to tell people that I'm going to make them 10 K months. But then I realized, you know what? It really is all related. You're not going to make more money if you believe that you don't deserve more money. You're not going to be able to start a business or, you know, show up as a mother or a wife if, you know, you have these self-sabotaging behaviors, right? It's like, it's all connected. So you really are helping people get to the life that they want. I know with myself, I wouldn't ever be able to build these businesses, show up as a great partner, show up as you know, a great friend and business owner if my inner work wasn't done first. Yes. So that's what I want you guys to know is anyone who's struggling with this is like, if you're a yoga teacher, like you are helping someone when you're like healed and going through that, you are helping them reach their other big goals. And that's what I was doing when I was doing, you know, trauma recovery is Mm -hmm. they aren't, everyone has bigger goals. Like I believe that everyone does. So it's like, even if I'm not giving them the exact, you know, sales strategy to get there, they have to be helped in another realm before they do the next step. It's Mm -hmm. like our steps might be more like a B and then they can start to work on the sales stuff. And that's why even in my business coaching, we still work on the inner work stuff first before you're going to get into the sales tactics and whatnot. Um, so as far as marketing strategy goes for people like that, just always reach towards the bigger message, always reach towards, you know, the bigger thing, because it it can be really hard for people to grasp things like your, your consumer, your, um, client to grasp things like 
empowerment and confidence and self-esteem, they might be like, mm, that would be nice. But what I really want is a, mm. and what they really do want is a better relationship and they want to mm. be able to love themselves. And they do want to be able to have like motivation so that they can do their business so that they can make an impact. So speak to those higher goals and wants instead of speaking to like confidence or self-esteem, that stuff will of course come, but you need to sell them their bigger picture and their bigger vision. Absolutely. All right. Well, this is my like go-to question of this podcast, but I know you've kind of mentioned briefly a few things and so whatever you feel like sharing, but this podcast is really all about stepping into your fiercely unstoppable self. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us about a time that you had to overcome an obstacle and when you did, you felt truly victorious? Right. Well, I still feel that like daily. I like look at myself and where I've come from. And this even like struck me today was, you know, I was doing some like journaling and whatnot and was thinking about, um, you know, what would eight-year-old Julie say to me? Because I have bigger goals right now than where I am right now. And I can get wrapped up just like we all can in our heads of being like, I'm not doing enough or, you know, like I need more. And then I just thought, I'm like, what would eight-year-old Julie say to me? And I like, you know, got teary-eyed and I'm like, she would be like, I am so proud of you. Mm. And so like, it's in those moments that I believe too, that we don't necessarily need to hit this like big thing. Cause I've had accomplishments like, you know, graduating college, being a first generation college student and like sitting there with my diploma. Yeah, that was amazing. And then just recently I was recognized as Montana's 25 under 25 influential wow. leaders. Like that was a huge accomplishment, but I yeah. also want people to know that you don't need like this outer thing, like a degree or a certificate saying that, yes, I love that. And yes, I was like, this is awesome. But it's also in those moments where I'm just sitting here and, you know, I'm going to go about my day that I need to sit back and realize like, holy shit, like this is everything that like eight-year-old Julie ever wanted. Um, and now I have bigger goals and I'm still going to keep reaching them, but I need to reflect on that. This is exactly what I said I wanted at that you know, as like 16 or 18. Um, and so I'm going to keep reaching. And then one day I'll be able to say like, well, a 24 year old Julie say at this time, and she'd be really <laughs> proud of you. Um, so I want people to like recognize that too, that they're like, celebrate your big wins, of course, like definitely do that, but also just celebrate like where you are right now and how far yeah. you have already come. Mm. That was so good. <laughs> Love that. I love that. We always get so hard on ourselves in our journey and just not being where we want to be when really where we are is a pretty good place. You right. know? Yeah. We've come so far. Everybody has come so far. We've all go, we all go through our fair share of shit. And so right. that is so exciting. Well, can you tell us the most exciting things that you are doing or you're working on or whatever you want to share that is exciting in your life or your business? Right. So I'm excited. I actually am like restructuring my business and what I'm offering. So I definitely, you know, in the future, what people can watch out for is definitely, I want to offer more courses so that I can reach a wider range of people. Um, I always give free trainings in my Facebook group right now. And so I'm sure we can probably drop the link for everyone yeah. to be able to do that. So that, um, and then really transitioning to working, you know, before it was just trauma consulting or it's like just working on your business. I'm really working on a place of combining that for women who have gone through that pain, might have insecurities and then really building it, um, into that business where that they can start to like make money or realize their passions or whatever their ambition is to put that all together. So that's kind of what is going to start coming up in mm. the next few months. 
So exciting. Ah, amazing. Well, tell people where they can find you, where they can stalk you and love you and be obsessed with you. Right. So I have a few different Instagram handles. I have, you know, my personal Instagram where this is more about my lifestyle, you know, as a young entrepreneur. Um, and that one is underscore Julie Tice. Um, and then I also have my business one for private coaching clients where I give, you know, more of that business advice, success advice, healing advice is all in my, um, it's called intentional CEO. So it's intentional CEO is the other Instagram handle. Um, you can join my Facebook group, which is intentional healing. Um, amazing. Like I said, I drop personal trainings there, um, free trainings for, you know, success and business and healing and reaching self-esteem, confidence, all of that good stuff is all in there. And then you can find out more um, at julieticecoaching.com, all Mm. one word. Um, And also, if you want to book a session with me, there's a place where you can apply to that. And I offer 30-minute consultations to see if we would be a good fit, what people are looking for. Um, So those are all the good ways to contact me. Uh, so good. Well, thank you so much for being on this podcast and being one of our guests. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed being on here and speaking with you. Yay! <laughs> thank you guys so, so much for spending some time with me on the Fiercely Unstoppable podcast. I am so grateful that you are here and I'm grateful to be in your ears. If you could just take one moment to share this episode on social media, tag me in it, or even with someone personally that you think would love this, that would be absolutely incredible. Also, if you guys are loving this podcast, be sure to share it with me by leaving a review on iTunes and by subscribing to this channel so I can keep the good stuff coming. I cannot wait to connect with you on the next show. In the meantime, get out there and become fiercely unstoppable.